inspiration does not come with force. It comes with flow. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Paducci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious stories in between, join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Happy Friday, my honeys. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Ali. My name is Ali Pintucci, and today I'm going to be hanging out with a pretty badass woman. Uh, her name is Alex Kraling, and she is the creative director, and she's kind of the everything behind the scenes for everything that you do see at High Moon Studio. The thing that I love about Alex is that she works with her clients to not only design a beautiful business, but she works with them on coaching them to design a beautiful life. She has over 10 years of experience designing brands and websites. She's run two successful businesses, and she also has her master's degree in global strategic communications with an emphasis in art direction. Before starting High Moon Studio, she has some pretty awesome brands under her belt with past experience at IBM Watson, NTV Japan, Olive Garden, you know, just a couple of big names. Why Alex? Why are we having her on the show today? One, I love how much she scaled her business. She started High Moon Studio from her parents' basement. And in a couple of years, she scaled from 85K in her first year to almost or to over half a million dollars in 2020. There's a lot of things that we're going to talk about today. One, we're going to touch on agency life and why it didn't really work for us, but also why we gained a lot of experience from it. And then we're also going to talk about what it's actually like being a creative entrepreneur. And that comes in a few different ways. But one of the things I'm super passionate about is being able to take a look at where you are and what you're offering, but also have a very good understanding of what else is happening out there. Because it's super important for you as a creative to make sure your standards are always quite high so we can keep the level of standard high altogether across this industry. So there's gonna, like I said, there's gonna be a lot that we chat about today. I'm freaking pumped for you to meet Alex. She's such a badass. And, um, before we kick this off, just a reminder that our book club started last week. It is not too late for you to start, and you can join our amazing girls only Facebook group by heading over to at Unfiltered with Allie. Tap the link in my bio. You'll get the link to the group there, and then you can just come hang out with a couple hundred other amazing women that are just trying to connect and, you know, hashtag girl power. So without further ado... Welcome to episode 20 of Unfiltered with Allie. Hey, how Yay. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm staring at my window and I'm in the Pacific Northwest up in Vancouver and it's it's happening. Pretty. Like pretty in the summer, quite gloomy in the winter, and I'm starting to get like the, mm. the winter depression in. We don't really get a lot of sunshine. So it's I hitting me. I'm and in LA. I know so. you're in LA. So I'm looking at you like, I'm just like, mm, must be nice. Um, but you guys, you guys just went, I was going to say we went into a, a month of restrictions here, but you're in like, you guys are on like almost house arrest at night. Don't you have a curfew? Yes. I actually just got like one of those Amber alert style messages to my phone today, basically saying you are not allowed to leave your house. 
So. Oh, shut up. You guys are on an actual mm-hmm. lockdown. We're on a lockdown. Only four essentials are you allowed to leave. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, the numbers are skyrocketing, so I get it. I know. Um, but I just feel so bad for all the businesses that are getting shut down. It's just unfortunate. I hope that people can make it through this another yeah. round. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, it's I it's it's interesting that you guys got the text. I've been saying to my group of friends for so long, I'm like, I don't understand why they don't use that text message feature for Ambler alerts or for like weather warnings, because mm-hmm. I find at least in the city that I'm living in, they have these public announcements, but half the people aren't watching the news. They're getting news from social media. Then we have all these restrictions, but it's not really clear as to like, there's so much like your, your gray zone is so large. And I always wondered, I'm like, why don't they just like, they have everyone's number, just text us and be like, you can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, even with the text, I'm not sure how serious people are going to take this. And I think it really depends on how, if you know somebody who's been truly affected by this, like Mm -hmm. my developer who works on my team, her dad just died of COVID. So Mm -hmm. I had to cancel, you know, I I'm from Wisconsin. So Mm -hmm. I understand the winter weather and all of that. Um, and I was going to go home for three weeks and then we just canceled the whole thing. All, the whole family, we're not, yeah. we're not going to go home for Christmas anymore just because yeah. of it. And it sucks, but <laughs> might as yeah. well end 2020 with a bang, right? Like, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is really, here. it is really tough. Cause I feel like half my group of friends doesn't think it's like an actual thing. Um, but I, I honestly feel like I've been affected by it. I know people that have gotten sick. It's affected my business significantly mm-hmm. this year. And it's mm-hmm. been a really bad year for me because of that. So I just think for me, like whether I believe in it, I don't believe in it, whatever it is, it's here. So I just kind of believe personally in doing my part to just been like, can we get out of this? Because yeah. I would like my, my business and my life to go back to some sort of normalcy. And at the end of the day, even bigger than that, people still are getting sick. So totally. Yeah, totally. The hospitals are like to the brim. And I think, yeah. And I totally love what you said about focusing on yourself. I think that if every person truly focused on how can I, as a human, make what we're going through in the world better in whatever way that I can personally, I think that we would get out of this a lot faster and a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely a reason why all of this is happening just on a spiritual level and on like just the safety of our earth and all of the things that are happening. So um, it's not something, I think it's much bigger than a virus personally. And I think we all just need to do our part. Yeah. I don't like rules, you guys, just so you know. If there's anyone who's really good at breaking rules, I'd probably be up there with one of them. I don't really care for them. But around mm-hmm. this stuff, I get really anxious when I don't follow them. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I'm not above the virus. I'm not like above that those rules, you know? Anyways, this is mm-hmm. not why we came together to speak today. <laughs> this is not a political podcast. So if you don't have the same views at me, please don't at me. And I would still um, only like positive reviews. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Apple. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but I'm jealous that you're in LA. I've been trying to move there for eternity. You guys make it very difficult to move to the States, by the way. Um, and I usually go, I go, I think last year I was in LA like seven or eight times. I, went, I go down quite a bit. Wow. So it feels really weird that I can't be escaping and just hanging out in California. 
you know, in these, this rainy season, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do and how you got from Wisconsin to LA. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So interesting story. So my name is Alex Kraling. I am the founder of High Moon Studio, which is a branding and website design studio. And we've recently kind of just been expanding and offering education just because right now more than ever with everybody at home, everybody's trying to start these online businesses and branding in general is just more important than ever. So that's why I'm started the education piece to help more people, but how I got here to LA. So it's actually a funny story. Um, I was living in Wisconsin with my parents because my dad is sick, which is unfortunate. He's okay now, but he was very sick. He came off of um, a 16 hour surgery. So I stayed there to help them and take him to his appointment. So my mom could go work, you know, her nine to five, I was able to stay home. It was beautiful. Awesome. I grew Highland Studio literally from my parents' basement and so crazy. So I was actually in LA visiting. So I came for a little work conference type of situation, a little networking thing. And I have a lot of friends here because I went to grad school in Miami for advertising. And a lot of my friends who are still in advertising came here and worked at agencies here in LA. So I had a ton of friends here. So I was visiting and that was literally right when COVID hit, when the first lockdown happened, I was in LA. It was perfect timing. I knew that I was going (laughs) to move to LA, right? I knew I was going to move to LA the following year in 2021. Did not plan to move in 2020, but I was here and the lockdown hit. And I was like, well, I can't really go home because my (laughs) dad is still sick. (laughs) Exactly. And that's exactly what I did. I basically was like, I live here now. And I went and I looked for apartments. I found an apartment. I flew up really quickly. My mom like packed my car for me, got my dog, and then we just drove down. So it was very abrupt. Wow. But I'm glad it happened that way. (laughs) That's so amazing. And are you still working from home or have you moved into like office space? Are you still digital? still digital, still working from home. I don't know if I will. And I think there's going to be so many offices closing indefinitely around here. Um, so I don't know if I'll ever go into the office space type. I don't know if I'll move there and ever get an office space. I think I might have, I would rather have a really large, beautiful home with a space to work that I can Mm -hmm. have my employees come there if necessary. Um, but yeah, I think digital right now, just with COVID, I'm trying to create space online for myself, my team and other people Mm -hmm. because it's, it's so you can't expect what's going to happen in the world anymore. We were taught that this year. Mm -hmm. So it's more important than ever to have an online space so that you're not like, fuck, what am I going to do? It's not ancient. I think one of the best things that came from, from this whole year was a lot of brands who are so stuck in old ways of working again not to be someone who pushes against the rules but this whole Mm -hmm. like you must work Monday to Friday nine to five you must sit at your desk you must clock your hours you must have this call time you must hit these metrics cool maybe if you're in sales but when you're a creative or just in general as a person you your brain your body everything is in such a better flow when you just allow yourself to kind of show up and like make your own hours. And obviously people can get irresponsible with it and not show up, but the whole, like, I think everyone realizing that like, Oh shit, my company still worked 
when everyone worked from home <laughs> because they have their phone, mm-hmm. they have their laptops. The world was still connected. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. have to hop on that flight to like go overseas to have that meeting. Like the world still operated. Yeah, there were brands that had to pivot. But I think the brands that had the biggest pivot were the ones that did that realized oh shit, I don't, don't actually have a way to operate digitally. Yeah, no, totally. There's so much reform that needs to happen. And I talk a lot about, so I'm obviously a creative entrepreneur. You are obviously a creative entrepreneur. There's so many creative entrepreneurs out there. Mm-hmm. And coming from the advertising industry, I realized how much of the creative industry was bullshit. Like, it's like, first of all, <laughs> unpaid internships are bullshit the fact that they make people stay until like midnight and are like, Hey, I'm going to just feed you some pizza and not pay you extra and make you excited to stay Cause I'm feeding you pizza. That's bullshit. The fact that we can't, like you said, work our own hours is bullshit because inspiration does not come with force. It comes with flow. So if we're not in our flow and we're not allowed to be in our flow, like you said, breaking the rules type of thing, if we're not allowed to be in our flow and we have to like be confined to nine to five or, you know, nine to nine, whatever, they make you stay to the office until I just find that so unfair. So unfair. There's so much reform that needs to happen just outside of even like digital versus physical. It's like, we need to look at us as humans and truly figure out what is best for us. Mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not watching the video of this right now, I'm just sitting here laughing like my cheeks hurt from smiling. <laughs> Honestly, fuck the agency world. <laughs> Seriously, the though. old way of th- you know I, I I don't know if you know my story. If you guys have listened to a past episode, you've or heard me guest on other people's podcasts. I I came from the agency world. I lasted six fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, and that was all I could take from it. Cause I was like, hold, hold on a second here. There, here was my, here's my reach, my recap on agency world, agency life in a short six month period. I'm like, I'm going to get to work early so I can leave work early. So I get to work mm-hmm. at like eight 30, which is still earlier than a lot of other places. So I get to work between eight, eight 30. Keep I'm like the first person to like unlock the office, like set the office up. People waltz in around 10. We have our first creative meeting, our first little powwow at 10.30. I normally don't leave for lunch, so I'll sit at my desk and eat lunch. And then when I want to leave at 6 or 6.30 to go to a personal training session, my team is like, where the fuck are you going? And I'm like, first of all, I've been here since 8. Like, you guys literally waltzed in here around 10, and maybe you wouldn't need to, like, be here so late if you were going home earlier and I would get in shit for like not being on my laptop when I went home they're like oh my god you're going away this weekend that's a no I had like a medical appointment to get my wisdom teeth pulled out it got declined and I was like honestly fuck this and yes some people live and breathe and some people thrive in that environment and there are some monstrous agencies out there especially creative agencies that put out some of the best work in the world I understand agency life has that kind of stigma but at the end of the day it was just like not for me I was seeing how much like brands brands would come in we would pitch a brand and I was like hold on (laughs) this brand is paying how much money like how much money to work with an agency 
why am I not doing this myself? And my agency was cool because it did a lot of like branding.coms. It did a lot of AR, VR, did a lot of like experiential marketing and really cool campaigns. Like they were super talented. And I, I'm so grateful that I got to like learn and work amongst like their creative director and their talent. Like I, it was just really cool being a sponge, but that was not for me. So when I left that, I was like, hell no, I want my own clients. And now I know how like pitching works. Now I know how like monthly retainers work. Now I'm just like, this isn't, I don't want to serve that small, tiny business that probably won't afford my rates. And I probably won't book the Nikes, but there's this whole middle ground of space Mm -hmm. where you, we have the ability to get clients that aren't being served because they have to have this stereotype of like agencies just cost like 50 grand to do my, my website. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. It's insane. It's so insane. There's it's so crazy. I actually had somebody text me the other day. It was like one of my students and she was like, Hey, so I was um, reaching out to a prior friend of mine and she was saying that her business was working with an agency and it was going to cost like $90,000 for a website. And she's like, Alex, your work is better than theirs. And I was like, that's how it is. And it's really sad. It's connections. A lot of it is connections. It's like, if you know somebody who went to the agency and they did a good job, then these Mm -hmm. people are going to want to go to the agency. And it's just this referral type of program Mm -hmm. when it comes to agency life. And I do think that they do some things, right? Like you said, there's beautiful creative work. And the fact that there's just these incredible, like brilliant creative Mm -hmm. minds that can sit all together in the same room Mm -hmm. and come up with these ideas that would Mm -hmm. just never happen unless that was the case. Um, I think that that's amazing. But I also think agencies value the work more than they value humans. And it's really sad. There needs to be a balance or at least more of a balance. Like Mm -hmm. if my, I will never in a million years look at the work that we put out and think that's more important than my employees. Like if I, if one of my team members is having a bad day and they can't finish something, who fucking cares? The client can wait. And they will gladly. And I know that because they also understand that humans are way more important than the work. Obviously, the work needs to be great. There needs to be that balance. But you don't need to be keeping people at the office until 9 p.m. or not letting them leave at 630 for a training appointment. It's about setting expectation. I think when you're you're looking at hiring humans and you're like, this is what I'm going to do for you, but here's also what I'm expecting of you. And you start hiring out of integrity you're also going to find mm-hmm. that when people are more in flow, like you talking about like missing a deadline probably doesn't happen very often because your no. employees are so committed to their work and they love their workplace. And they know like if you're fr- the best thing about being a freelancer is you're pretty damn good at managing your time and you work fucking well under pressure. And mm-hmm. those things don't, the, those things don't leave. You don't lose those skills when you, when you go to an agency, but there was something I found, and this is from my personal experience from the agency, from being in different creative roles at other companies. It was like, I was put into this cage and it's like, mm-hmm. you must create, but the, but was always mm-hmm. like, you must create, but it has to be done in like this way, this time, this way. Th- and it was like, I can't, my brain couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I just felt like my ideas weren't coming to me. I was very stressed. I was really anxious. And then I was just uninspired. And I was like, I, it is not healthy for me to be in this workplace. Yeah. Yeah. That happens so much. And then it just stifles your creativity. And then (laughs) 
then the yeah. creative work isn't great. Yeah. So it's amazing that we are now able, and this is too, I try and like tell my friends like, Hey, you guys, you should start your own business. Like it's yeah. so much better. <laughs> it's so much better. You can make as much money as you want. Truly. It's not this like, Oh, you're only going to make $90,000 a year. And you can't get above that unless you move agencies because you know, in agency life, it's like, you have to move agencies for the most part to get a raise and like mm-hmm. a whatever a bump up to the next level. Yes. Like you can work with as many clients. Yes. 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 You can work with as many clients as you want when you're on your own. You get to choose your clients, which is super dope because you only have to work with people that you like, which is so much fun. And then they pay you and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm working with my friends every day. I'm creating when I want to create. I'm doing things that I'm obsessed with and I'm getting paid way more money. Way more money is the key. Like it's absurd. It is just absurd how much more money you make. But at the same time, if you are listening, I I, I also spoke about this on another podcast. Not everyone Mm -hmm. is cut out to be an entrepreneur. Yes. And that's the thing. So this isn't to like shit talk people that stay in an office. There are, I have certain friends that are like, I'm happy here. I want to be able to go and do this. And when I leave work, I don't want to think about anything else. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the pressure. I want this steady income. It's comfortable. This is what I want. And that's also okay. But if you're risky, you're adventurous, you have it in you, you have, you're full of ideas, you're ready to go. I say, do it. Yeah. Especially when you're, especially when you're working it, you have that understanding of like, like your team is pitching like half a million dollar projects and you're working on them. Like if you're someone who sells those projects, like people that work in business development or like the account managers for agencies, I'm like, you're better than a car salesman. (laughs) I learned that at the agency. I was like, damn, you're way better than a car salesman because Mm -hmm. you're just like, you can convince people of the value of a very high value. But anyways, Mm -hmm. whole other topic. Let's talk about building brands. Yes. My favorite. (laughs) Yeah. This is something I'm really passionate about. So I started, what, did you just start high moon this year or last year? You started in your basement last year. That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've had opposite years (laughs) because I was reading your bio and you were like, I started last year and now I'm making like, you know, $500,000 business is scaling and revenue. Like everything's doing great. I set my cl- myself up to make that this year. And then I lost everything, all my clients to COVID. <laughs> oh no, poor COVID. Yeah. So, COVID I, sucks. so I started a podcast and here, here we are. Um, but same thing. I started age. I called it agency ish because mm-hmm. I was like, we're kind of like an agency, but we're not. And I just wanted to build this incredible network of talent. So that way, when projects came, came in, I could just be like, oh, I'm going to pull the best of the best. So we should connect about websites, but I'm going to yeah. pull the best of the best and put people together to like execute projects for our brands. Mm-hmm. And it's been really, really, really rewarding. Um, but as I've now stepped into a role where I'm doing more. And Mm -hmm. I'm meeting different kinds of clients. I find it so interesting to hear people's, especially from the client side, to learn more about what they actually think like getting their branding done is. Mm -hmm. How many people, (laughs) how many, how many people do you lose 
to people like, for example, you're going to do someone's branding. How many people, Mm -hmm. clients do you lose to people that will just give them a brand board? So like pick their colors, their typography and like make them a logo and be like, oh, your brand's done. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, A lot just solely (laughs) from, I think a lot of people in this space and it's getting better, but a lot of people in this Mm -hmm. space, especially like last year didn't understand the the value in branding and what it truly was. Mm-hmm. And it's, you need to have that base, right? The logo, the color palette, the type suite, all of that, that's your base. And even prior to that, you need to have the brand strategy. You need mm-hmm. to have the creative direction. You need to have your, your brand vibe. So a lot of people, they just truthfully don't understand. And I get it because they've never been in this position before and they really do think that all they need is a logo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know. So that's why I always talk to like my students or people who are like, how do I become successful as a designer? I'm like, you need to educate people. Education Mm -hmm. is the first part of it because if they don't understand why they need a brand or what a brand is or what it really means, then how are you going to sell them your services? Especially when you get to the luxury space. So now at where I'm at, the people who reach out to work with me understand what a brand is and why they Mm -hmm. need it and how to build it. But when it comes to the people who are fresh and new and they're coming into this online space, like, okay, fun. I just want to get a logo designed. Mm -hmm. First of all, their inspiration is usually like really hideous. When they send over a Pinterest board, I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to just scrap that and do something else because that's (laughs) not what you want to (laughs) do. So a lot of it is just education, but when it comes to actually, yeah. So what you were talking about, your brand, your foundation, you really, I I talk about branding, um, as if you're building a house. Oh my God. Yes. That's what I say. I'm so excited to hear how you build your house. Oh, yay. Amazing. So when you have your foundation, (laughs) (laughs) it's so great. We are, we're having this conversation. (laughs) Um, so when you build your foundation, your foundation is truly like the base of your brand. And whenever I start out with somebody, you have to think about your brand as a feeling. That's what good branding does. It creates a feeling with, you know, the ideal person that you want to enter your space. So you really have to think about your brand as if, so it's a house, right? But pretend when you're building out your strategy for your brand, if you had a storefront, doesn't matter if you're just only digital, what would it look like? What would it feel like? What would the lighting be like when you walked in? What would it smell like? What music would be playing in the background? Because all of those senses you know, all of our senses help create this very strong feeling. So that's how I look at brands. It's like, you have to hit all the touch points, all the Mm -hmm. senses, because once you do that, that's when you truly create this like really strong feeling, AKA strong brand where somebody can recognize it, be aware of it, understand it. And you're Mm -hmm. basically magnetizing people to you and repelling people that you don't want. Yeah. And even like outside of the, the visual aesthetic of it is the emotional Mm -hmm. why, like, who are you and why do you exist? Because when you're talking about building that storefront, you're also like, what people, like, what are people coming in here to buy? Who is it mostly mm-hmm. men? Is it women? What do they do? Where do they hang out? What, what do they eat? What are their shopping habits? There's like, you literally design, it's like a video game. So you have mm-hmm. like your male or your female character and your avatar and you start building them out. Like who are the people that buy from me or work with me or engage with me? And then you start dissecting them being like, okay, so if I were to create that store, create that brand, build that house, 
how would I attract that person into my house? Yep. Yep, exactly. And there's just not a lot of online education about that, which I find so interesting because so many people now are looking to like build their own brands. Yeah. And so many, there's so many too, like so many new designers who don't quite understand this concept yet either. And I think Mm -hmm. that that makes it really hard because it's really easy to be like, sure, I'll design you a logo for, for a hundred dollars or like Fiverr. Oh, Fiverr. Oh my God. I just hate Fiverr so much. It just ruins everything. (laughs) Like seriously, fiber. That's how I feel Uh, about like new photographers. I'm sorry. I've been there, but like mm -hmm. here I am busting my ass to like make these immaculate photos that I've like worked for years to get to the rates that I am. And then I lose, I lose a photo shoot to someone's like, oh yeah, uh, I'll shoot your photos $300 for a brand shoot. You get a hundred raw images. And I'm like, ugh. So frustrating. Why? Why? Yeah. But it goes back to But the value isn't there. Yes. Education. Yeah. So important. Yeah. But yeah, the people who truly understand it, once they are educated, they will seek you out over the other person and they won't care how much you cost. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth, especially if you have that solid brand, solid website, all the things, that feeling, because you're right. The more you know your target market, that person, like that ideal person that you're Mm -hmm. like, if I could work with anyone, it would be them create that person, that Mm -hmm. avatar. And then you have to build your brand based on how they like to feel. And then you also need to base it off of yourself because you need to personify your brand, not all brands, right? There's like, I'm being very general right now, but it's totally (laughs) dependent, you know, but for these small businesses that we're all creating for the most part, we need to personify them. That's why it's important to get on Instagram stories and have people get to know who you are and do podcast episodes and get them, you know, get them to understand your personality and your why as a human outside of the business's why, because it all ties together. It all ties together. So if you build a brand based off of your personality and your avatar, your ideal target market, your dream client's personality and how they like to feel, it's going to be strong and solid. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be a balance. I sometimes will see it, you know, very much so like towards the target audience or towards the person. You have to find that true balance to really marry those two things together and build that foundation, build that house correctly. Mm -hmm. And you just, you really have to start with that. Why? Like you said, that's your North star. The why is always your North star. So for my business, I talk a lot about like, we're what we're talking about today, creative entrepreneurship and just supporting Mm -hmm. creatives and helping people build these dream lives. It's much more than just branding and website design. It's let me help you build a dream life. Mm -hmm helping that avatar just build their own house. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, they have to have that solid foundation. They have to understand the why. And if you don't understand your why and you don't understand your target market and you don't understand like your vibe keywords and that feeling you want to create, don't even try getting to the logo part and the color palette and the type suite. It's not worth it. And that's the super interesting thing because it's so easy now again it's, it's, I think it's always going to go back to the la- it's like, you don't know what you don't know, but mm-hmm. you're doing it backwards and you're going to find, you're going to spend, you're going to have to do it over. You're going to spend more money. If you're going to somebody like, okay, let me just start. There's don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with just starting, but just be more mindful mm-hmm. of like where you're starting <laughs> and what direction you mm-hmm. want to go. Because when we go back to that, that analogy of building the house, 
you're not, a lot of the times you're not buying the decoration, picking the paint, picking the handles that you're going to put on your, your cabinets, your carpets, like you're building that house first and then your designers coming in and then they're going to, they're going to design your room. It's the exact same way with your brand. Your design is going to come from inspo. Your design is going to come from how you feel or how you want to feel things that make Mm -hmm. you feel good. Maybe you need a room that like your bedroom is going to make you feel more Zen. Your kitchen is going to make you feel a different way. Your, your office is probably going to be bright and make you feel a bit more inspired or creative. Like your reading corner is going to be a bit more cozy. You have purpose to everything that you're designing in your house and your brand has to be the exact same so you might say I'm going to build a brand it's going to be these colors because I love it and this is my favorite font and then like put your website up but so many people will rush to put a website up and be like okay so like now why people why aren't people coming Mm -hmm. websites aren't just if you build it they will come (laughs) There's so much more to that. The key thing that you said was strategy. There are Mm -hmm. so many people building without strategy and then wondering why nothing is happening with their brand. It's like, well, you didn't actually build a plan of how you're going to get people there. So when you go, like I said, going back to that analogy of the house, if you, if you are someone who's looking to get their brand done or build a business or what, wherever you are right now, I want you to actually take it some time to be like, okay, wait, I'm not going to start with the aesthetics. I'm going to go work with someone who's going to help me build it. Cause you will likely find Mm -hmm. once you build your why, once you figure out your purpose, once you think of those avatars and everything we just spoke about, your design might is, is going to be inspired from that. And it's likely it will be different than what you thought it was going to be. Totally, totally. And a lot of things, what people don't understand are like a typeface has its own personality. It says something just in the typeface. And so does each color in your color palette mm-hmm. and your logo. This is one thing that drives me nuts. People think they have to fit their entire brand why or purpose or like what they do in their logo. Like, let me do like a million icons and then have this and then this and then that. It's like, no. If you look at, I always tell people this too. I'm like, look at all of your favorite brands that you follow, that you love, that you interact with, that you buy a lot from look at their branding. What does it say? How does it make you feel? Like just analyze people who are doing it right. I think a lot of times when we're in these like entrepreneurship, you know, fields, we think too small. We're not comparing ourselves. We're comparing ourselves to like the other girl on Instagram who does the same thing that I do. You know what I'm saying? But we don't, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be comparing ourselves to like huge branding agencies, Mm -hmm. Apple, like huge fashion interior, like just gorgeous brands that have built this super strong foundation who completely understand who their target market is, Mm -hmm. all of those things, and be paying attention to what they're doing, not paying attention to the girl next to us. The reason why those agencies are charging that much, because it's a fucking science. Like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, the process of building the brand is like, is usually the same in every single agency. You kind of start from the beginning. There's certain things that don't need reinventing. Like one of the, the best takeaways I got from my first sales job, I remember I tried to do something different and my boss sat me down. He's like, I get it. You're creative, but stop trying to reinvent the wheel. There's a science. Someone's gone through that ringer already. This is what you need to do to make it work. Don't skip a step. Don't rush to the end. Someone's failed a million times to figure out that equation. 
adapt it, like figure out how it's going to work for you. But that equation's already there. Yeah. And, you know, that's what, that is one of the benefits of being with an agency. So I know we were kind of ragging about agent, ragging on agencies mm-hmm. at the beginning, but it's not about the actual agency. Agencies are very mm-hmm. fucking good at what they do. And they have the talent mm-hmm. in there. They have those visionaries in the room and they're just like the add-ons to those already existing equations. So mm-hmm. when you are getting your brand done, I know it might be intimidating to look at like your favorite fashion brand, to look at a big company out there, but all those companies went through that same process of how their brand was built. So yeah, you don't have the same budget as Nike. Every person had to go through that, like, well, how, how did Nike get to Nike or how did that food company get to pick those colors? Colors have emotions. Certain colors make people hungry. Mm-hmm. certain colors make people angry there's like there's so much that goes into like oh well my logo is going to be blue because it's my favorite color yeah yeah it doesn't work like that it doesn't work <laughs> like that um so I find like I get super passionate about about this because I think also when you're especially when you leave the agency because when you're at work you're like we don't care the customer the, the brands come to us and we just get to have the fun of like literally onboarding a project and then watching a baby come to life like that was literally mm-hmm. like the the best part about it and then when you started to when I started to freelance I was like oh <laughs> and then you start to notice what other people are doing and you're like wait why are so many people doing that <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you're like I'm so confused wait what <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. There, it is a formula it is a formula and it's been proven to work and yes the formula needs to change and grow and evolve and pivot with mm-hmm. the world and with you know, mm-hmm. everything that's happening digitally. So it does need to adapt. Um, and especially it needs, you need to also adapt the formula to yourself. Like you were saying, totally. it can't just be this, like everyone does the same thing every time. Like I seriously, I edit my client experience and what my client goes through the process every six months, because I'm constantly finding ways to grow and make mm-hmm. it better and stronger so that the client comes out with the best brand and website possible. It's really important to do that. And agencies, like you were talking about, especially the ones that have been open for like, you know, years and years and years, they've done that so many times to the mm-hmm. point where they're like, like, it's perfect now. Like, don't fuck it up. Pretty much. <laughs> we got this. Yeah. Yeah. What a world. <laughs> what a world. I think too many people look at things so micro too. And that's one thing when it comes to branding is you really need to step back. And that's why you have to find a a good designer, somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. Because I, as a person, I'm really, really good at stepping back, almost like Mm -hmm. going outside of my body and looking at the brand as Mm -hmm. this like giant house already built before it's, before Mm -hmm. it's even built. Right. Cause you can't just go and like, just decide, oh, this door over here is going to have this doorknob, but this doorknob over here is going to be something different. Like, nah, your doorknobs need to be the same, you know, and your doorknobs need to also pair well with the door frame itself. You can't mm-hmm. just look at things as individual objects. They have to be as like a whole house. What is the house of vibe? Mm-hmm. You couldn't have like Mediterranean vibes and over here and then over here have like this shabby chic shit. And then over there have this <laughs> modern vibe. No, like the whole thing needs to match. It needs to match. And too many people don't do that. And they just like, oh, I'm going to just go to Canva today and I'm just going to design a new graphic. Oh my God. The the most hideous thing. I can't even, my eyes burn when I go to somebody's Instagram page and it has quotes in like 
200 different typefaces, all different colors. They threw like some random inter- Instagram filters on a bunch of them. Nothing matches. You're like, this is off, wrong, <laughs> not okay. I can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, the thing, okay. When you're freelancing, and this is more so directed to people looking to get branding done. Mm-hmm. There are certain, like d- a designer is a designer. Mm-hmm. A creative director is a creative director. Like everyone has their, their role, their zone of genius. I, I'm not a fucking designer. I will never pretend that I'm a designer. Can I get by on Photoshop and design uh, on all those platforms? Of course I can. But it by no means would I ever call myself a designer. And I think that's where maybe you have your frustrations with Fiverr is because literally people will go to designers to build brands. And it's like, if you put that designer back into their role as an agent at an agency or in, a, in an ecosystem, the creative director, the art director, the, the, that team that's putting together the, the concept, they are, they're seeing it. They're working with the mm-hmm. client to like see it. And then they can actually go to the designer to be like, hey, this is what I need you to do. And the designer will execute. Yeah. Maybe give some feedback, mm-hmm. maybe put a little, like a, a bit of a spin on it, but that designer will execute. Whereas like, sometimes you just skip out on like having like the creative director, the art director kind of work on building that whole thing for you. And you'll just go to the designer and the designer will uh, on Fiverr or you know, Upwork or wherever it is, your friend that you find will be like, okay, well, what do you want it to look like? And they'll design it for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like hammering down that idea of like, I, I want people, if there's a takeaway people can have from this is that designing your brand does not, is not the first step to doing your branding and they're not one and the same. Designing the visual aspect or like the visual part of your brand is the outcome of someone doing your, your branding, your why, your who, your purpose, your whatever word you choose to describe that. Yeah. The brand strategy, it has to come first. It has to. And, you know, there's so many designers out there, right? Like you were saying, and I would consider myself, I am lucky I've been doing this for a long time. Okay. But like, I'm lucky where I can do it all. Mm -hmm. I can design and I can be the creative director and Mm -hmm. I can be the visionary behind the brand. Um, I am not though. I am 100% not somebody who likes to dive deep into somebody's brand strategy. Like I, you have to write, I ask for your brand strategy. I ask my clients for that, but I am not a strategist Mm -hmm. because I don't like doing that shit. Like, I think it's interesting and, and we can't do it all. You know, we shouldn't be doing it all. We shouldn't be one person doing every single little thing. Find the thing that you're good at and do it. And so you do as, you know, if you are not somebody who is willing as an entrepreneur to go out there and do shit tons of research on your brand strategy and do it yourself, then you need to hire somebody who has that specialty. Because if you don't, you're going to take 10 steps. And like you said earlier, all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh crap. And then you're going to have to back step seven steps and then start from there again. So you're basically wasting your time and wasting your money if you're not doing it correctly. Oh yeah. I just had a flashback to an old client. I was like doing photos for them and she came to me and was like, what do you think of this? Like I got my branding done for a new thing. And I was like, 
uh well the colors kind of look like valentine's day it was like pink and like red mm-hmm. and i was just like is that kind of the vibe you're going for she's like no and i'm like interesting like what about these colors <laughs> but it's like how are you get like that's the thing it's just i don't know we need to pivot because don't, I don't think want about this it podcast to feel like i'm talking shit <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it. We're not talking shit. There's just, honestly, there's just so much change that needs to happen. And Mm -hmm. so there's just a lot of frustration with the industry and there's just so much education that needs to happen with all of these new people coming online. Because before Mm -hmm. all of these people who are starting these online businesses, they worked for other people. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have to think about brand strategy. Nobody teaches that. They don't teach you that shit in school. So now it's our job. The people who actually understand it, who come from agency, who've done Mm -hmm. it before, who this is our, this is our job now to teach this. And it's important. Yeah. And most of the frustration I think for me comes because I will get clients that way, or maybe I have a new client or I have a, a, you know, maybe I'm doing someone's photography because there's, I work with people on so many different capacities. So it's like, I can either help build your Mm -hmm. brand or someone will just hire me for photography. And then I need to be like, okay, cool. Can I see like your, um, your site, like your, your map, your website map. They're like my, what I'm like, well, we're like, what's your shot list for your website? Where do these photos go? Do they need to be shot landscape? Do you need a banner? Do you need this? What are the colors? What's the vibe of your website? I don't know. I just need pictures for it. I'm like, okay, so you're going to spend $1,500 to shoot with me. And then I'm going to deliver you photos and then they're not going to match on your website. And you're going to think that it's my fault. And these are just such honest conversations that when it comes back to like setting expectation, and I think if you're a freelancer or you're working in creative, it's such an important takeaway for you to set those expectations with your clients. So, because like, unless you're doing everything in house, you're, you're going to, it's inevitable. You're going to be part of an ecosystem. So to help other like people in that ecosystem and to help yourself and to ensure your clients happy is to just like be in communication to set the expectation. And now I legitimately will not take clients on until I'm like, you need to tell me everything that's going on. So I can tell you if I'm a good fit, because I don't feel good charging you a lot of money. If I don't think your foundation's been set up properly, because I know (laughs) I know it's somehow it's going to be like, well, the, the photos are shit. They don't work with the website. And I'm like, okay, but you didn't tell me what you wanted. You just said, take nice photos. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And media, when it comes to a brand is so important. I talk about mm-hmm. it all the time, all the time. I actually had a brand photographer like DM me the other day and she was like, Alex, thank you so much for talking about this because we're getting all of these, all of us brand photographers love you because we're getting all these new clients because you talk <laughs> about how important it is. And it is because that's the other thing. You can't have a solid brand and a bomb ass website with shit ass photos. No, like be more creative, build that brand, make that feeling come out in your photos. But if you, again, if you don't have the strategy and you don't know what your feeling is, then it's not worth it to do the photos yet. Like you have to do those steps first. And so mm-hmm. it's great that you actually pay attention to that. And you're not mm-hmm. just like, oh, sure. I'll just take your photos, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I think too, but when you start to get into that price point of like, you know, my small business shoots start at 1500. If you're a commercial, like, uh, or like a very big commercial shoot, like those will start at three grand. And those are like, when I say start, I'm talking, those are starting prices. Those are like, where are they being used? Do they need to be licensed? Are they going to be printed? How long are they using them for? Will they be used for ads? Like, you know, I have, I have that, that tier pricing, but 
I think also right. like when you're asking for a lot of money, it's, I think you're, well, when you're asking for any money, I think it's your responsibility. But the last thing I need is because I know my rates are high to someone to like come at me to be like, this chick charged me this much money. And like, I got this. And it's like, no, no, no. And they're talking bad. Uh huh. So it's like, if I can, exactly. If I can set the right expectation with my client, then that's already a win because people will appreciate me more to be like, I would rather not take your money. Yeah. And then you're educating them by doing that. Mm -hmm. You're, you're like part of us having to just explain what this is and how, how it works. And if they're coming to you and they don't have that, it's probably because they just didn't know that they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Usually when so a it's great. angry and the thing is you need to realize when you're working in creative education is such an important part with mm-hmm. your client because you have a lot of people coming to you to build brand or build a website. Like how many people actually know how to build a website? <laughs> That's not Squarespace. Right. How many people actually yeah. know how to build a brand? How many people actually know how to take and edit a really nice photo? Not a lot. You have to be very specialized in what you do. Just like I could never be a doctor. I could never build a house. Like this is your specialty. So would I ever tell the guy building my house like he's doing it wrong? No, because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Of, yeah, of like how he's building his house. But if I was just like, okay, cool. I expect that to be built next in, in four weeks and no one, he never ex- explained anything to me. I'll probably be angry. But if I'm giving someone mm-hmm. my money and I'm like, okay, walk me through this process. That's your job as a creative to like walk your clients through like, okay, what are all your needs? Can I match those needs? We're in alignment with that. Great. Only when you are in alignment with that, we will move to step two. This is how mm-hmm. I work. Mm-hmm. This is what yep. you can expect by working with me. Are you in alignment with that? Yeah, that works for mm-hmm. me. Okay, great. We'll move on to the next. And that's how you build such a great understanding relationship with your clients. You really only get heated people when they're, it's just a surprise. It's like, well, I didn't know that. Yes. And then you'll get defensive because you'll be like, well, how did they not know that? It's like, well, why would that person <laughs> know that? I've been there and I'm only saying that because there's been so many times where I'm just like, like that resentment, I'll get a text and I'm like, like this, this question's so annoying. Well, did I onboard that person properly? Probably not. Yeah. There's all of these little things and it's a part of building our houses. You Mm -hmm. know, the client process is, I find the client experience and the process that you go through is also a part of your brand Mm -hmm. because it speaks to like your why again, how do you, you know, how do you continue to use that as your North star? And so that is our job as well is just like taking those little things that happen and spinning them into something positive rather than being like, Oh, that client is so annoying. How didn't they know? Mm-hmm. But being like, Oh my gosh, what could I have done better as a business in order to make the process more smooth and help them and educate them in this process. And then you have to edit your process so that that never happens again. But if you're somebody who's like, oh, that client, whatever. And then you don't change anything about your business and you don't look at it as a learning experience, <laughs> then shit's on you, I guess, you know? Yeah. Agreed. That's so funny. We talked about a lot of things. What did we talk about on this podcast? <laughs> so many things, <laughs> so many things, agency, COVID branding. Yeah. Building a house. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, why don't we do this? Let's break this into two, a two part question to wrap it up. Cause I feel like the problem mm-hmm. with this topic is like, we pick another one. We'll be on here for another half an hour. So let's, <laughs> and my soup, you're drinking wine, but my soup in my cup is cold. So, <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> I don't know why this soup in a cup thing is like really throwing me off. <laughs> Like you're drinking coffee or and then you don't have to like scoop it with your spoon. You can just sip your soup. Efficient. So funny. Efficient. Um, (laughs) Let's give three pieces of advice to anyone looking to start a brand or maybe that has a brand and they're looking to build it out. Okay. Um, number one, your business and your brand is not about you. It's about your consumer. So truly getting to know who they are, where they hang out, what kind of clothes do they like to wear? What do they like to drive? What is that feeling they like to feel? That's what you need to figure out first. Because if you can understand that, you can build your brand properly and you can sell anything to them. And whenever you're building your services too, you always need to pay attention to the problems that those people have and how you can provide solutions to them. Mm -hmm. So that's A. It's like that really figuring out your client. Number two is innovation. And I preach this all the time because it's so easy to go online and to find brands that you love and copy whatever they're doing. It's the easy way out. It totally is the easy way out. But you know how you build a super, super solid brand that people actually pay attention to that can actually grow and just be strong AF? It's you doing something different. It's you thinking, literally approaching your brand and anything that you do in your business as how do I do something that's different than anybody else? How can I step outside the box that maybe society has put my industry in or put or the other people in my industry have put themselves in, how can I step outside of that and do something different that nobody has ever seen before? That's when you're going to turn heads. It's that risk factor. Some things aren't going to work out and that's okay. That's what business is. It's literally like a fun game of let's go left and see if left is a good way to go. It's like a maze, right? And then sometimes you get down to an end and you're like, well, oops, I guess I'll turn around and try the other way. It's not a problem. You can't get down on yourself for that. Um, But you have to definitely look at things and say, how do I do things different? How do I innovate? Mm -hmm. And then number three, um, I really talk to, which it's, this is kind of like tying in both, but you want to anticipate what people will need. So instead of thinking, I always say at Hyman Studio, we are people who set trends. We don't follow trends. And part of that is truly, instead of just being like, okay, I'm just going to do things different. I'm going to be innovative in all these things. It's taking it a step further and saying, how do I actually anticipate people's needs and what they're going to be looking for in the future? Mm -hmm. So it's always thinking 10 steps ahead of every other person. And for instance, like you starting this podcast, you probably don't make any money off of it. You're probably paying for it, but you're going to make money off of it in other ways, right? I have a podcast too. It's all a funnel and people will probably look at us and be like, these people are crazy. They're wasting their time, like doing this podcast. That's not making them any money or whatever. Um, at least for me, but I look at it and I'm like, that is actually because people will find High Moon Studio from the podcast, which then Mm -hmm. will lead them to my Instagram account, which then will lead them to my website, which then is bomb. So then they'll find my cars and they'll buy it. 
strategy. <laughs> yep. Never look at the carrot, look beyond because too many people are like too focused on the flashy things in front of them. Oh, Focus yeah. on the beyond. I love that. So, yeah, okay. Those are my three tips. Since we talked about also the creative side of things today, let's touch on our three takeaways for other creative entrepreneurs that are listening that are maybe the designers, the agency owners, you know, they're the brand builders out there. So like if you were a freelancer, what are things that you would want them to change to raise the standard of the industry a bit more? Number one, I think that if you're somebody who is offering things at a very, very cheap price and you're resenting the project, you need to change that. Mm-hmm. So educate yourself on how to be, a lot of the times it's just imposter syndrome of like, I don't feel worthy of charging more for this, but there's a really easy fix for that. It's called educating yourself and learning. And there's, you know, YouTube, there's Google, there's so many amazing people that have amazing courses online where you can learn how to uplevel your shit because you don't want to be, you know, basically you're only as strong as your weakest member. And I think about the creative industry as a whole. And if we have people, a bunch of people who are doing logos or what, what have you for $5, it's, it's just going to make creative work seem cheap. And we don't want that as a whole, right? We, we, we need to all level up together, but you get it. It's like I the photography it. thing. Yeah. I'm just like, I quoted two grand mm-hmm. for a photo shoot. And then I saw who I lost the photo shoot to and I went to her website, $300. And I was like, damn girl, we got to fix that. <laughs> yeah. We got to fix that. And it's like, it's for everyone. It's not, it's for them, yeah. right? It's for them, but it's also mm-hmm. for everyone, including the business owner, because mm-hmm. us, something that just irks me is just the fact that people think creatives are just not worthy or, yes. I mean, I make more money than a doctor. And look at, if I were to walk in a room and be like, I'm a branding designer. And then someone next to me were were to be like, I'm a doctor. Guess who would get more respect? The doctor. So that type of stuff really bothers me. And I think part of it is just the industry itself and the fact that people are charging so little for Mm -hmm. something that should be way more because we do have so much, you know, experience and skill and all of those things. And we need to value that. I think it's totally Mm -hmm. okay to start small and raise quickly, raise quickly. Yeah, because we've all done it. I was once charging $300 for a photo shoot. Like we've, but I also look at where I was in the industry versus where I am now. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm not taking the time to actually educate myself to understand what other people are charging. I'm not taking the time or doing my responsibility to understand how the industry works. I'm specifically setting a rate based on how I think I can level up, like, or how I stack up to this. Well, I'm not good enough. Maybe I should only charge this, which Mm -hmm. is like really not the case because you do have a responsibility, like entering the industry to help raise everyone's standard a little bit. And it's just, I think across all arts, you know, arts are so undervalued whether you're a designer, whether you're a painter, whether you're a photographer, the amount of times it's like, oh, can, how, how many times have you heard this? Um, can I just get like, a, I just need a quick logo or like a quick change. You're like, oh, Ali, I just need like a quick photo. And I'm like, it's not fucking quick. <laughs> no, it's never it's quick. quick. It's never quick. <laughs> if it's quick, do it yourself. How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Why you don't know? you go outside go and ahead. take a quick selfie and put that on your fucking website? Like I can't. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I mean, we all have to stand together. It's truly a group thing as creatives. We have to help each other out. Mm -hmm. And along with that, like the second 
a piece of advice I would give is do what you're truly good at and then mm-hmm. find other people that you value so much and you love their artistic, whatever they bring to the table and work with them, mm-hmm. create your own team within your, you know, within your industry or within, yeah. uh, you know, not even within your industry, but other industries. So like I have, you know, a photographer and a videographer that I'm obsessed with that I work with all the time and I always give them work and they give me work and it's this whole thing. And I have mm-hmm. an SEO specialist and I have a developer and I have all of these people that, they are way better at what they do than I'm, than I am at that task. Yeah. And their work is amazing. And so it's just this whole, it's just like, you need to find people that you appreciate artists, Mm -hmm. true artists Mm -hmm. and let them do their job. And then you stay in your lane and do your job. Oh yeah. Building a well-oiled machine is just so you can only do so much. And if you're, it's only when you're ready to level up and really just say like, what's my zone of genius ultimately, especially if you are taking, like, you're the business owner, I'm the business Mm -hmm. owner. If you're in that similar situation of like, I want to spearhead a project or I want to take on bigger and better things. You can't do it all. When you take the best of the best, you not only create the best project, but you learn. Mm -hmm. Like if I start saying that I'm the best photographer, the best, this, the best that I'm really not, but I do make a point of hanging around people that are way better at in what we do because it inspires me to level up, but I also get to learn a lot. Yes. Learning is so important. Mm -hmm. And that can be tip number three is like, never, just never stop learning, Mm -hmm. especially as an entrepreneur, we have to continue. We can't just be like, Oh, I'm good at this. I went to school Bye. like school (laughs) doesn't matter anymore, honey. You know, like it really doesn't like if somebody, if I'm yeah. And you don't need to. And that's like, and that's something too, if you're an aspiring creative, I get messages every day of like, Alex, should I go to college? And I say, fuck no, because you don't need to. It's, they don't teach you this shit in college. They don't, you have to take it upon yourself to be like, I'm going to learn this. But that's where the whole, like, are you fit? Are you willing? That's a question I ask myself all the time. Are you willing? Because maybe the answer Mm -hmm. is no. Maybe it's like, no, I'm not willing. But if you are, then you need to put your head down. You need to do it. You can't just like drag your feet. Nobody's going to be like telling you your homework's due. Like you have to do it yourself, but it's such an important role. And Mm -hmm. I think a part of that is just creating processes for yourself, always having to-do lists, actually having a clear understanding of what you need to do next. Because if you don't know, you're going to have this huge feeling of overwhelm all the time and you're not going to know how to deal with it. And then nothing's going to get done. So I've sat in that seat so many times. It's insane. You're like talking about that. And I'm like being re-traumatized. I'm like, that's kind of like me right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're learning. And that I, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, that overwhelming feeling, you yeah. are always going to have it. Oh, yeah. You are always going to have it. It's just about how you learn to deal with it. Oh, yeah. I love that. And you touched on it before, but I think another really good takeaway too is like, get okay with failing. It's not going to yes. be easier, you know? failing fucking sucks it whether it's your first or your second or your 17th time you know I I launched a project that was going to come out this week I was in my I knew it in my head in my in my gut I was just like this is going to sell out in 20 minutes didn't actually didn't even go nearly as to what I hoped it would but it's okay because now I know and it's like how am I going to do it next time how are we going to change it yeah if you are afraid of trying new things and if trying, the only thing stopping you from trying new things is that you think it's not going to work, 
you're going to be stuck in a really shit place for a very long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're doing things right, that's when you fail. Cause I had the same thing happen to me. I was like, I'm going to do these brand kits. They're going to be amazing. They're going to sell out. This is going to be like my big fucking break. And I did it and it completely (laughs) flopped. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, Alex, you put all of your eggs in this one basket, you know? And I learned so much from that experience, which allowed me then to create new products, new services that actually worked. Mm Got to try. You have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do, do, do. That's one thing that I think a lot of people think they're, they have to think, 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 think. Mm -hmm. No, it's all about the doing. Yeah. Just like, I'm going to need you to try putting cup in your soup. Just like, let me know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will I actually have some soup in my fridge that I'm going to eat this week. So I'll try Perfect. it out. And I'll see how it goes. Um, okay. Well, thanks for hanging with me. I feel like this was, su- this was a very big hour and I think we kind of got mm-hmm. super passionate and fiery and we threw a, a ton of information at you really quickly. So if you guys have any questions, um, where is the best way that they can contact you? You can DM me at High Moon Studio on Instagram. Amazing. I always hop in my DMs and respond. Yes. Amazing. Okay. So um, underneath the episode info, I'm going to link everyone's Instagram so you can slide into our DMs, ask us questions, keep the conversation going. And then of course, if you are someone who's looking to build your brand or like get that, you know, start somewhere, or maybe you have to redo it because you didn't do it right the first time. Um you can connect with Alex as well. (laughs) Yes. And I do have a lot of education on my page too. A lot of free education. So you can even get some more tips for free. (laughs) Amazing. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Allie. Just a friendly reminder that I have two episodes that drop every single week for you on Tuesdays and on Fridays. And if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And of course, leave me a review. I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at at unfiltered with Allie. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. I can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.